0: Welcome to this podcast episode. This special eSports in Education mini-series is brought to you by Angela Fez of Full Circle Education Consultancy and BET. Get ready for the ultimate edtech experience at BET 2023. The world's largest edtech show is back and better than ever from 29th to 31st of March 2023 at Excel London. With over 600 cutting-edge solution providers and the new groundbreaking Connect at Bet meetings program, you'll have endless opportunities for connection and collaboration. Let's get into this podcast episode right now.
1: Hello and welcome to episode two of this mini-series for BET, taking a really close look at eSports in education to see how it can benefit everybody who may be attending the BET eSports this year. I'm delighted to welcome to episode two Callum Neal, who's Head of Education at British eSports Federation and Director of Education at Strategic eSports. Callum, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me on, Angela, as well. It's, it's great to join you and I'm really excited to get into conversation.
1: Great. Well, I mean, I guess we start off But those people who might not know who are or who is or what is the British Esports Federation?
2: So British Esports Federation, we are the national body for esports in the United Kingdom. We were established in 2016 after uh, we received government permission. And essentially, we have three core aims and they are to promote esports, to improve standards and to inspire future talent. And we do that in a number of ways. We run a number of initiatives and a number of projects that people can engage with us directly with and and how we sort of look to achieve those aims. Education is a cornerstone of what we do. My role specifically is as head of education. So I work with all of our schools networks, all of our colleges, all of our universities, any educational partners or stakeholders. And um, two of the main activities that we deliver through education are our British Esports student champs, which happen in the same way that traditional sports happen um, as enrichment activities and, and through societies and through clubs on Wednesday afternoons. We also do run an international schools tournament as well which we ran the first pilot of that last year which was really exciting I'd love to share more about that with you as well and, and to share some of that with listeners and then also we co-wrote the BTEC national qualifications in esports which launched in 2020 with our awarding organisation partner Pearson as well
1: great that's fantastic. I know um, this podcast goes out to a lot of um, school leaders and and senior leadership teams. What have you seen has been the benefit of schools onboarding esports um, when you've been kind of going around and visiting?
2: I think it's it's been a variety, dependent on their level of engagement and and activity that they've and how they've used esports. I think at the very first instance, it's around what is esports and generating that understanding so that parents are aware, so that careers advisors are aware, so that school leaders are aware of what esports is. The students will definitely be aware. And I think it's bringing that into the classroom to then understand how esports can really act as that engagement tool for students we've seen some amazing success stories where students have engaged in education where they've re-engaged that they might have been otherwise disengaged in education and then also through the competitive nature of esports you know by definition esports is human versus human competitive video gaming so we're often in teams we're often um taking part in competition so students who some of which may never have been part of a club or part of a society they might not be in the sports teams they might not have represented before they're now able to represent they can be part of a team, they're learning such transferable skills, things like communication and leadership and the ability to think under pressure and think strategically, skills all of which employers want. But what we're doing is we're able to bring those to the forefront through the medium and through the passions that students have for esports. So that's been really impactful is bringing the communities together. And and ultimately, this is about the school community. And, and that's one of the the biggest things that people often report is how engaged the community have become within the clubs and the societies. And then to take that one step further, when we then move into the education programs, again, schools are reporting some amazing success stories around student recruitment, student success, student engagement, student attendance. Having a passion for the subject, I think, is such a powerful thing. And actually now, there's a curriculum that exists where students are able to harness that passion and truly study something that they love, which hasn't really existed previously until these qualifications were launched. And I think what's important to say at this stage as well is that the eSports ecosystem is so broad and is so diverse that this is not just about students playing video games. It's about the, the wider industries that are associated. And the beauty about the qualifications particularly is that they're cross-curricular in nature and they cover elements of business, they cover elements of sport, they cover events, they cover creative media subjects. So students are really able to go on this journey and then progress in a variety of different ways that's tailored to those as individuals. So that's, that's a really exciting part of the curriculum as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really developing twenty first century skills, isn't it? We talk about it all the time, and it's always a, a topic of conversation amongst school leaders. But how you get that level of engagement? Because as an ex teacher, you know the biggest thing for me was engaging those kids in learning and meeting them where they're at. So this is kind of ready made, isn't it? Twenty first century, century digital and communication skills, design skills, alongside. Something that they're really passionate about and engaged in, and it, and it can be then a pathway through to university as well. Because there's the universities offering esports qualifications too, aren't there?
2: Yes, definitely. I think in the UK now we have thirty nine university degree programs that are related to esports, all in different areas and, and different fields. You know, some are esports with business, some are esports with coaching, some are esports and events management, for example. But but yes, you're you're absolutely right. I think that that really is hitting the nail on the head as such in that, from a teaching point of view, us as educators, it's one of the biggest challenges that we have is around engagement. You know, how am I going to engage this group of people that are here, that are studying a subject? And I think the beauty that we have with these sports is students are already passionate about it. They're already walking in with an interest. One of the difficulties often can be how comfortable educators are in teaching the subject because the students are so knowledgeable But I think that's the beauty and it's a slight shift in in our role as as the educator to be able to become more of a facilitator and to set up our learning environment and, and thinking about our pedagogical approach to, to teaching learning assessment in really creative ways where we can allow students to research, we can allow them to become the experts, we can allow them to bring in their expertise of the things that they're passionate about and then ultimately we're able to frame that learning in a, in a way that takes students on the journey then where we can implement and embed all of the other key learnings and key knowledge key skills key behaviors that that we're trying to prepare students for their next steps whatever they may be for some as we know that will be higher higher education and higher levels of study for others it might be into employment so I think as well that's that's the beauty around the nature of the the student championships the qualifications is that Yes, there are the players and and playing is involved, but also it's providing students with opportunities to fill these other job roles so that when the teams are playing, we need coaches, we need people who can do the production, we need people who can do the live streams, we need to think about the advertising and and the branding of our teams, we need to think about our social media presence as a team, we need to think about events that we might organise and financial plans that come alongside either having teams or creating products or creating businesses. And and it's really equipping students with this wide and and broad knowledge base through sort of guided discovery and exploration of of that thing that they really love and that they're really passionate about so I think that's such an important message and and hopefully people listening to that and and thinking that sounds like something that my students would love so again I know when I when I look back to starting the programs that that I started initially back in 2018-2019 That was the exact principle that, you know, the majority of young people that are coming through education already play video games. They already do this at home. In some instances, there's a disconnect with parents. There's been a disconnect with education. But what this now allows us to do is really hook into that and and bring it into the classroom.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean, fantastic also alongside that entrepreneurship that you just were talking about. It's almost like running your own mini business, isn't it? And we're all looking for ways to develop entrepreneurial skills as well as digital skills. So it kind of fits really perfectly um, across those two areas that schools are really desperately trying to find a solution for at the moment. You mentioned something really interesting, which is about the the perceived difficulty of finding teachers with the skills to deliver this course. How do you support skills and how does She Sports Federation support schools on on that front
2: yeah it's that's the the bulk of my role really is is working with teachers and working with schools and first of all you know we have a range of resources available that in the initial research phase of considering these types of programs we've got lots of resources we've got health and well-being guides we've got parent and carers guides we've got guides that tell you about the technology that's required the the ip addresses for example and the network sort of barriers that you may face when looking to set up and things that you need to have open to be able to access certain games i think the The experiences that I've had in the past, especially when working with some international schools as well, would be looking at the curriculum and looking at the modules. And because there is such a range and there is such a broad and diverse range of subjects, depending on the delivery model within a certain center, it might be almost intimidating to think, well, I don't have knowledge in all of these areas which are mandatory. So, you know, as you said, there are business elements, there are things around health and wellbeing, there are things around esports specifically, there's things around games design and production and that's not aimed for one tutor or one person to to have all of that knowledge. So I think partly it's around that delivery model and, and how how we take the approach in the classroom. But then from a resources point of view, I also work for Pearson as well as a trainer, um, in the UK and then on on the international team. And what Pearson do really well is they have a range of resources specifically that um are there to help educators in things like schemes of learning, delivery guides and resources. They've got some online resources as well, um that, that educators can access where students can go through a blended learning approach to some of these modules and to some of these units and and that's been really beneficial in supporting teachers as well to think about, you know, these examples and the content that that's available and the beauty about the Pearson qualifications is the specification is really, really detailed. Um, it's not prescriptive on exactly what you have to assess, but, you know, you don't have to assess the whole thing. But what's really good about it is it gives you that structure and it gives you the, the key bullet points that you can then incorporate into your, into your teaching and also that students can go away and research. You know, again, I would reiterate that it's not that one person has to teach everything in there, it's about, here are the things that we want students to learn, they can be the ones that go away and research these points and then present back to the class or, you know, in a marketplace activity or however you want to structure your learning, so... Yeah, there's a whole host of resources on the British Esports website. There's a whole host of resources on the Pearson website as well. And then I think ultimately, if anybody is looking to to set up initially and wants that initial support, I would say please reach out and please get in touch. And those are the types of conversations that we have regularly with new centres.
1: Great and I was interested to hear that you, you work with international schools as well because obviously my background is international and independent schools although I'm doing some work through full circle right now with, with state schools as well but tell me a little bit about the international school tournament that sounds really exciting.
2: Yeah it's it's been fantastic we we piloted this last year um, because obviously as British esports we run the British esports student championships we've got about 7,000 students that, that are taking part this year and naturally we had international schools then especially British international schools that were saying look there's, there's no tournament for us, there's nothing for us to do we know We know our students would love that what do we do, how do we get involved so we, we ran that last year uh, with uh, I think it was five schools uh, one in Portugal, one in Brussels uh, Rome, Netherlands and Paris all, all British international schools and again some of these challenges were existent so we're able to help people on that journey around you know what sort of information can we provide to you that you can put in your newsletters where you can educate parents and um some of the feedback that we've had from the the people that are at different roles within those schools so and again i would say there will always be somebody within the school who has a particular interest. That could be the director of technology, for example. It could be the person who's in charge of co-curricular sports activities. It could be the head of PE. It could be the, the head of design and technology and computer science. Ultimately, the students and the student body will have an interest as well. And some of the feedback was was actually that some of the teachers, when once they launched this, they said it was quite overwhelming, the number of students that were showing an interest but then it's it's the benefits that they saw from students being able to take part and again it's things like collaboration um supporting the teams other students from other programs coming in to spectate students doing some of those roles doing the internal commentary creating the the content for the newsletters and um, creating podcasts things like uh, students developing those skills that we mentioned strategic thinking and, and communication developing camaraderie within the student body was, was one that <laughs> yep shone through really well. And, and then also one of the tutors that, that spoke to us afterwards said that they had some really, really positive responses from some of the parents as well, that there can be this negative connotation attached to games and to video games. And actually he said that when we put this out and we were in the newsletter and the students were taking part, it says we didn't have any negative comments from, from teachers because they could clearly see how much the students were enjoying this. And at the end of it, they were then reporting back on how they'd noticed that students had developed in some of those skills, that they'd become more confident that they were coming, you know, and they were talking about what they'd been doing and how excited they were. And ultimately, they were competing, they were representing. And I think, again, that comes back to what we mentioned at the start around the power that this can really have for student communities.
1: And it, and it gives you, uh, what well, it gives the students a, a chance to kind of enter into a world that's one of the fastest growing markets, I believe, internationally. It's worth 1.2 billion in 2022 um, and it's continuing to grow exponentially. So it also gives them a, a kind of success pathway, doesn't it? And and we were talking the other day that this merging between kind of the gaming world and the business world and the education world, it's such such an important set of skills to be able to learn, to transfer into into other industries as well.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, and really, rightly so as you said this is you know it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world and and the ecosystem is so broad and and it's developing at such a rapid rate where we're seeing huge viewership we're seeing huge prize money we're seeing professional level players being thrust into the limelight. And as a result of that, all of these support roles are needed within esports. You know, yes, we've got the players, but as I mentioned earlier, we need the coaches, the team owners, the the general managers. We need dieticians. They need lawyers to consider international law and finance. We need people who are going to start businesses. We need people who understand sponsorship and marketing and advertisement and e-commerce. And these are some really traditional career roles and job roles that have existed, but that are now... Needed within esports as as the industry continues to professionalise, but also on on the other end to that, I think it's it's getting students and people that are studying this to realise that that thing that they've been doing in the spare time that they just love, whether it's you know why do we play at the heart of it because it's fun, because we enjoy it, because there's escapism, because we can be creative and use imagination, and Through that enjoyment then, students have been developing this set of skills without even realising, so it's getting them to recognise that first of all, but then plugging in the other employers. So yes, there are these roles within esports, but it's absolutely not just about preparing young people to go and work in the esports industry, It's, it's the other side as well, so... Can we educate employers on the flip side that there's a generation of people coming through our education system now who are interested in video games and esports who have this set of skills? You know, they're tech agile, it's it's a nursery slope of young engineers who are have got this reservoir and repertoire of skills. So can we can we support employers to recognise that as well? And then how ultimately can employers engage with those people and and how can we ensure that through these developments and students being able to do all of the things that we're talking about through esports, they can then hook into that variety of career roles and opportunities and job roles. And I think that's a really exciting shift that we've seen over the last few years since the implementation of these education programmes is that we've now got students that are progressing off onto higher level university courses, into employment, onto apprenticeships. So we're really starting to see the impact of that now.
1: The kind of personal and social impact um, we had in in the last um, episode, we spoke spoke to Irfan Latif, the principal of DLD, um, and Max Copley, I know he's going to be speaking on behalf of you guys <laughs> at BET. and and I went and visited their, um, their studio, eSports studio, a couple of weeks ago, and the amount of confidence that those students had, whereas they hadn't had it before, and as you say, you know, they had the opportunity to take part in a team sport, which they hadn't before. They were thinking about their social media presence, thinking about how they presented themselves on YouTube, and thinking about all those really important things, even though, you know, the older generation amongst us may, may think that that's kind of not really important. It's so important to how you um, are successful moving forward in the 21st century and and, as you say, They're doing it while they're enjoying their gaming and they're learning at the same time and developing such important skills so naturally without having to be forced um, and without having to kind of have anybody staying behind them. So I think it's just been phenomenal. When I've been walking around and having a look. Um, It's just amazing. So Callum, if somebody wants to, um, they listen to this podcast and they're now really enthused. Perhaps they don't get down to bet or that they want to kind of look at this for their strategic planning for next year. What would you recommend is their kind of the first one or two steps?
2: I think the first thing would be to conduct some initial research into the industry, you know, to to look at mm-hmm. what's currently happening in terms of the, the eSports jobs um, and, and the growth in, in the market within eSports, to look at, um, obviously, wherever you're based, your region, uh, if people are looking to deliver education programs, I would ask them, I would say, get in touch with us, get in touch with Pearson um, directly, and we can support you with that process of being able to... Get, get everything that you need to become approved and to be able to deliver these qualifications. And again, if it's general advice that you're looking for around starting clubs, starting societies, again, people can reach out to us at British Esports. I would say look through our website, and again we can set up those sort of one to one meetings and calls with individuals to to really support you on your journey to get you to a position where um where you're ready to go. Because this this doesn't happen overnight, you know, it does take it does take some research, it takes a little bit of investment or it takes a little bit of rejigging of resources that are being used for one subject that that can be used for esports and if you've never been involved in eSports, then there's no way of knowing exactly where to start. So we have all of those resources available that we can that we can share with people um and then ultimately as well, one thing that will that I've noticed has been incredible about the development in education is. Educators willing to support one another. So, um through speaking to us, you know, we'll add you to our community and you can engage them with other educators who are in the space. And I think that that moment that you mentioned there, Angela, around when you're in the classroom, that's the beauty. That's the thing yeah. that if, yeah. if people haven't seen it yet, please try to go to an esports event, a competition, an edtech conference something where you're going to see this in action because that's that light bulb moment where you, you, this perception of esports being something that just happens online that people do in the yeah. bedrooms isolated from the world mm-hmm. when you see it in real life in, in person you see the excitement you see the buzz you see all of those skills coming out and it's it's really exciting you know I've I've been at these types of events and people have literally like sort of grabbed me and gone wow this is amazing and I'm like I know, isn't it? It's amazing. Like it's it's, really, <laughs> it it's fun to watch. It's but when you see esports live, it it's much more than what you might think of somebody just playing a game. And especially an esports event, you know, these are whole productions and the whole shows, the family events where there's music and there's lights and there's orchestras and there are soundtracks and there are uniforms and costumes and it, it's it's a full event. So um yeah. Please get out and, and see something, visit somebody um, who has this established already, because I think that if you didn't, if you didn't need um, any more convincing them than I've sort of gone through today, I think that would be the thing that uh, would definitely make your mind up when you see it in person.
1: There's a fabulous video out right now from St. Vincent's School or College, I think, in Gosport that I put up on my LinkedIn. So that's a really great example of um, really inclusive esports. And then, of course, um, Earth and for at DLD is welcoming lots of whoever wants to come and have a look and, and have a chat with them. And I know that um, they're also going to be present with you um, in the esports arena at BET. So really looking forward to seeing you there, Callum. Thank you so much for your passion and for giving everyone the opportunity to um, have inclusive success. Um, and yeah, really looking forward to see how everything moves forward for esports in the UK. Thank you so much.
0: Definitely. Thank you, Angela. So that was Angela Fares of Full Circle Education Consultancy and BET. Don't miss out on the biggest and best BET ever. Join global leaders in education technology, renowned edtech brands and visionary startups at Excel London for three days of inspiring content, product discovery and networking. Get your free ticket now. Register at betshow.com.